0: If I'm working toward a marketing strategy, I have no emotional attachment to what we're doing because if it fails, in my opinion, that's fantastic because now we know what doesn't work.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Go Rogue Podcast. My name is Brian Fitton. Thank you so much for joining us today. So this podcast is dedicated to you as a marketer, as a small business owner, trying to give value and build a brand. We want to help you with that by creating these conversations. So I have some awesome co-hosts on the line with me today to talk about strategy and launching a product, launching a company, whatever you're doing. Uh, we want to obviously dive into that, because everybody deals with that, right? And it seems like everything floods in on you, so you want to just attack everything all at once. But obviously, that's not good. So I have some great people on the line today to talk through the best things to do in that situation. Uh, so my awesome co-host, Miss Lauren Lewis. Say, what's up, Lauren? Hey! Oh, hey! And then on the line, we have Miss Stephanie Funk, which we all know and love. Hey, say, hey, what's up, Stephanie? hey hey so glad that you could join us today so stephanie is the vice president of strategy and engagement at Matova, and Matova does some awesome things uh stuff that i didn't even know i mean you guys do so many cool things and obviously talking before we started recording there's a lot that you guys do um so make sure you guys go check them out where can they find more is it just matova.com?
0: yeah matova.com. where i okay. would <laughs> like we you know Real hard to find. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you guys do some really cool things. I'm I'm excited to kind of jump into some of that. But first, uh, we start off with kind of some things that you're really obsessed with this week. Um I'm I'll I'll uh defer to Lauren first. So Lauren, what is it exactly that you're kind of obsessed with this week?
2: Okay, I've been obsessed with this for a little bit, but I feel like every week it goes with it like just increases. So I was introduced to this app by my dear friend, actually your wife.
1: Oh yeah, of course, of course. It's called
2: Marco Polo. (laughs) Um, And I really did not want to touch this app because Mm -hmm. it's a video app and I didn't want to see my face. but anyways there's a chat uh, system to where you can record a message um and then you kind of go back and forth just kind of like a text message um what's really awesome about it is a lot of times at least for me i'm a parent and i have wild children mm-hmm. um and sometimes you know if i sit down my children will grab my phone especially my eight-month-old um so it's nice to be able to record a message real quick and then um whoever's on the other end can watch it at their convenience mm-hmm. which i think is the best and i know that you and brian we use it yeah. sometimes to chat um so oh, yeah. um it's a really uh, handy app so if you haven't checked it out you should totally do it and get over just like me if you're feeling a little vain and don't want to look at yourself it's okay you'll get used to it
1: so <laughs> it's definitely one of those it's like there's a love-hate relationship uh-huh. with marco polo because yeah. it's it's good because it's quick and easy but then not everybody's on it so you get used to using it uh-huh. and then you're like, I just want to send you a quick video message, but also don't want to look them up. Exactly. Um, anyway. Okay. Miss Stephanie, what's, uh, what have you been obsessed with this week? So
0: neither minor mine are technology related, but, um, two things, both health related. One is this product that I actually don't love, but I am obsessed with it. It's Soylent and it's this meal replacement drink that has a ton of nutrients in it. And it just is kind of meh as far as the taste. <laughs> but it's making me so skinny. So yeah. I'm drinking that. <laughs> <Can't> be, <yeah. laughs> and I know. And then the other is my ritual vitamins, which I guess they're kind of a marketer can appreciate because they're a subscription model. Oh, yeah. Um, they really marketed well using social. And, um, I, it's the first time I've taken a supplement or a vitamin that I feel like I can tell a difference. Like I'm not having to, or not wanting to take, take a nap at two Mm. o'clock every day so totally obsessed with my ritual vitamins they are so expensive
1: (laughs) i would say so i have i once you get on subscription for anything it is so hard to remember now all these like before you just kind of had like Mm -hmm. i have calendar invites okay i've got to remember to go buy this you know in three months or whatever Mm -hmm. but once you get on subscription you just want everything to be on subscription yeah yeah, so it's it's a good it's good and bad thing, but yeah, why doesn't every product make it just so easy for you to just to buy? I will give you all my money, just make it easy on. <laughs> but
0: it. do you know what though? I have Amazon Subscribe and Save, and this month I missed the email where it was like, "This is your last day to adjust your subscription," and I got all the things.
1: Oh like, my goodness!
0: <laughs> I was like, "Oh good, I have dog food for the next six months." awesome <laughs> And like stay River, if you guys need, <laughs> if you guys need some stain- Remember I've got like four tubes of that
1: stuff. So (laughs) It's like the apocalypse but also like convenience of you know, it's like (laughs) you're preparing for to remove a bunch of stains during the you know. Whatever, that's hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this. So, you know, actually, we have kind of even with the subscription-based stuff. I mean, products launching and different things. So, you kind of talked about with your with your your meal shakes um, (laughs) and the marketing stuff around that. But really, if somebody (laughs) is launching a product, I mean, this is why we do this show because we want to make sure that people are given the most information that they can if they're launching a product or a brand or something in general they you just kind of get flooded with the to-do list right it's like okay we got to create all these social platforms we got to get our name out there we've got to build our website we've got to oh great now we have to go through our processes and, and with you guys you guys are working with people who are developing apps and so um i think you mentioned before the 60,000 apps hit the uh the app store every every month every
0: month oh, yeah and 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 60% of apps are uninstalled in the first 30 days of download. Wow. Wow. So, you know, what a lot of people come, they come to us and and, um, they've got budget to build an app, but they haven't considered the launch. And so that's how apps die on the vine. And that's a really expensive way to waste a lot of money too. Like you can build an amazing app, but if you don't market it, or launch it, mm-hmm. it has no, it's not like people are just gonna randomly find it because you're an awesome company. Even the biggest <laughs> companies have to market their apps, yeah, you know, and the yeah. worst thing, like, I, it's so bad because I have no facial control, um, but when <laughs> people, people come at me and they're like, Oh, I have an idea for an app. And my immediate response is like, uh. mm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, like, like, go ahead oh. tell
1: me, I'm, uh, here we go. All right. Yeah. Good. here we go. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, um, so, so I, I tend to tell people, you know, when we're starting conversations about an app, like, great, you've got X budget. Um, you need also that budget in the launch. So say you're, total budget for the app you went to investors and you got some seed funding or a series a Mm -hmm. if you're you know going that route and you raised two hundred thousand dollars um and you you think you can give a hundred thousand of that to building this core piece of technology that is your business well really you need to spend fifty thousand on the app and fifty thousand on the launch of the app yeah or you need to go raise another hundred thousand and build a really awesome app and spend a hundred thousand dollars doing really awesome marketing. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And you know, I mean, you just have to consider it. Like, it's not just in the build.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and that's that's I think a lot of times too. I mean, it's it's the classic like build it and they will come mentality, yeah. which which most people. It's crazy because I mean that that Kickstarter's help kind of eliminate some of that where it's like, hey, I'm going to put this idea out there and see what the market says. You know, and so it's kind of in that same same space, I'm sure with you guys, especially with app builders, it's kind of hard to do that because you can't just say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this prototype. do you like it?" You know, especially in the app world, they have to experience it. they have to walk mm-hmm. through it. they have to feel it, they have to see what the user experience yeah. is like, and so that's got to be hard.
0: yeah, well, and one of the things that we usually recommend is building an MVP first, a minimum viable product just to find out what the market's tolerance is for your product. You know, spend a little money building an MVP and spend that same amount of money marketing it. And let's just see. So if it's a success, if if people flock to it, okay, now you have the the leverage to go raise more money to build out the big product. Or maybe you even have revenue now to go build out the big product and yeah. market the big product.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, um, even with, so with strategy, so we, we could talk about this. So obviously one of the first steps is setting a goal, right? So whatever your engagement goal is going to be, whatever you want that, that to be set and then go after that goal. So, um, I don't know. Some of these things, so Lauren chime in here too. I know that you've kind of helped with some of this stuff and launching spe- specifically different, like smaller projects and stuff for, for companies, but um, those goals that are set. So if somebody's a, a small business owner, they're about to release a new line of something. What, what do you think some of the, the goals should be in that aspect? So when it comes to maybe on a digital platform or a social platform, um, is it the awareness piece of it? Is it the validation piece of it? What, what are your thoughts there?
2: I mean, it's always hard when you're kind of talking, you don't know what exactly the product might be because, I mean. Sorry,
1: it's, it's very vague. My it question is a vague, vague question. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah. But when I think about with clients I have worked with and they're, you know, rolling out maybe, um, generally it's a new service that I've been working with people with, not just a particular product. Oh, okay. um, But I think generally it, it does start with awareness. And it's not awareness of the product. It's an awareness of the problem the consumer has and how this product is going to solve that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's something that, you know, especially in, in social media, it's not just, uh, hey, come in and, and get this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, it's more developing the reasons of why um, all the things that they're going to be lacking in their life without it. Um, and it seems um, to be something to build a better campaign off of as opposed to maybe the more traditional uh, what would you say? Traditional strategy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's always something that I've used with certain clients, um, to look at it that way. Um, and building awareness off of that. Um, and keeping, um, keeping in line with your branding and everything to kind of fit it mm-hmm. into, um, your
1: business. We all have like this shiny new object syndrome where it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, we have this and now we have this and now we have this and here are all the benefits and yeah. benefits, benefits. So yeah, Stephanie, what, well, what is me, your take on that?
0: Let me tell you what my kind of opinion on goals is. One, the goal is never impressions, just almost <laughs> never.
1: Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for saying like, that.
0: Thank you. I want to get a 100 million impressions. Um, we're going to sit down and talk about your goal setting abilities. Um, <laughs> but also, there's, in my opinion, there's always only one goal. And um, here's an interesting thing the word priority means the one prior. Um, and it wasn't a plural word until the late 1800s. There was no plural of priority. Yeah. So there's always the one goal that is above all others. So when we set like a three month marketing strategy, I I go back to over and over with my clients. But what is the ultimate goal here? Mm-hmm. What do you really want to achieve in this three months? Yes, you want to, we want to do this and we want to, there's not an and in goal setting. Yeah. There's just, this is the goal that we're going to align to as a team and march toward for the next three months. Now we'll have strategies under that and we'll have several key performance indicators under that, but we're all working toward one goal. Mm-hmm. And if, and usually it's something concrete, like increasing conversion on email marketing by 1%. And then we'll know what that, you know, we can attribute a revenue number to what that'll look like for the business or um, decreasing abandoned cart by X percent. This is e-commerce, by the way, Um, you know, or um, I'm trying to think of a service example, increasing um, warm leads by 10 percent or increasing phone calls into the call center by, you know, whatever. But it's a specific, it's those SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, real, something I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell
1: you, yeah, that's one thing that you're hitting on is measurable. A lot of times people set these goals that are not measurable and that's, that's so hard because you never know if you've achieved that, you know? Um, right. It's just a feel good, feel good thing, a feel good metric. But it, some increasing or decreasing abandoned cart, you know, by ten percent—that's a measurable goal. Like, where is that? Yeah. You know, where is that ten percent? What right. that actually look like?
0: Well, and in, t- in order to say we're going to increase it by ten percent, you have to know what it is today. And so, a lot of the work I do with my clients. Is they simply haven't, they've been so busy, they haven't taken the time to know what their abandoned cart is, or to know what their call volume is, or to know how many leads they get from it. So doing an exercise like that forces them to gather some data. Mm -hmm. And then they can set benchmarks. Okay, this is our waterline. And, you know, we're going to tweak our marketing, and we'll see what goes up and what goes down. And here's the thing, like, if I'm working toward a marketing strategy, I have no emotional attachment to what we're doing because if it fails, in my opinion, that's fantastic because now we know what doesn't work yep, yep. and we got there real fast. Absolutely. You know, if, if we commit, if you get emotionally attached to your marketing, you can waste a lot of money and a lot of time trying to make that thing go when yeah. the reality is you need to cut bait and move on. hmm Absolutely. So Absolutely. setting specific, measurable, timely goals allows you to do that. Like, okay, that didn't work. Moving on next. Thank you next. <laughs> you
1: know? well, and that's just it. Is a lot of people do get, you get uh, attached to those things to where this, like they don't want to move They're not just trying different things out. They're like, this is going to work. We're putting all of our money in Facebook ads and nothing else. It's like, uh, yeah, try it out. I mean, your copy may be bad, your, your talent, your, your creative may be bad. And and instead of adjusting it, they're just going to keep pouring money, more money into the targeting. So, um, what, what were you going to say, Lauren?
2: Oh, I just think it just relates so much to a lot of people who are working through their social media platforms. Um, and they're posting and they're saying, you know, I'm not really getting the engagement I want and I'm not getting a crease and followers. So I need to post more or I need to... <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like this is the exact, no,
0: stop it. Stop posting. That's
2: it's like, so well, shocking. maybe your content was bad to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to go or back to the
0: organic form. social is dead and you literally need to stop doing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Shocked when I say that and I'm like, um, well, Here's the equation that I do. My, you know, my salary is X per year. I divide that by 2080. That's how much an hour of my time is worth. If it takes me an hour to post on social, that just cost me
1: yeah.
0: many dollars. Yeah. Or I could have spent an hour tweaking my paid social ads or I could have put that money into a paid social ad. Mhm.
1: Absolutely.
0: Or I could have been producing a radio ad. You know, stop doing it if it's not working.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's true. That's, uh, like I said, a lot of people get hung up on that to where they don't want to even stray away from it. So, um, all right. So we, let's say we're, we're kind of walking through this process. So we've set our goal. We know where we're going. We've set a, a measurable action item for it. So let's say we're, we're moving towards that. So uh, we talked a little bit about the pre-launch uh, of a product, but then also kind of Post launch of a product because the marketing is obviously completely different um, on both sides. Mm-hmm. So, um, Stephanie, what would you say is after we've launched this product? What What is the we've done everything semi right, right? Everything's set up. What What yeah, is, what is got, kind of the next got some step? Awareness. Yeah, we got some awareness. People know about it. People yeah. are excited. So now it's out there. What are we doing now to help engagement?
0: So, so I've never seen two products or services that have the same prescription for marketing, right? So it really depends on what you are marketing, whether it's a a book or a a home cleaning service or an app, it's all different. And so if you've aligned to a goal, like if it's a launch and the goal is, okay, we need 10,000 people to download this app in the first month. Well, that the way that you do that is going to be very different than if you are, you know, a housekeeping service and you need um, your, you know, you need a certain percentage of new households or whatever. Um, so, you know, you may already have, if you already have an email list. I'm, I almost always am going to have an element of email marketing to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an app, learn how to run push notifications. It's amazing how many marketing departments have that capability and are not using it. It's so easy to stand out on push notifications. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so um, figure out what you're going to do in this three month iteration, or even if it's a launch, you need to be on tighter iterations like one month, but also know what you're not going to do. So, if you say, okay, we need to get 10,000 new new people to download this app in the first month. And to do that, we think, our hypothesis is that it's going to take email marketing to our existing list. It's going to take some paid social, which I can guarantee you it is. It's going to take some app store ads, which also guaranteed. Um, and what else? Um, influencer marketing. Say. Okay, so then you can say, okay, that's what we're going to do for this next month. Here's what we're not going to do, anything else. So we're going to, somebody in that month is going to say, oh my God, we need to be on Snapchat. Holy crap. We need to be on TikTok. (laughs) Right? Put that on the list. We will consider that on our next iteration for the next month. If we feel like it will add value. And then you have to consider how much time goes into those things and what the, the potential output is like if we invest eight hours a day for a week creating TikTok videos, is it going to result in, you know, this yeah. many downloads? It very well could. I mean, yeah. that's a hot platform right Absolutely. now. Uh, it's risky. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, you know, somebody on your team that's great at that, let them, but you've got to, you've got to build your following too. So um, the, the whole point of that is know what you're going, know what your goal is, know what your KPIs are. So what indicates Success. Mm-hmm. Also, very important, what indicates failure? Mm. So, if we don't hit 10,000, so if you say, if you set the goal of 10,000 downloads in the first month, is 5,000 a failure? Yeah. You need to know.
1: Yeah.
0: No, maybe not. Maybe yeah. that's like, okay, it wasn't our 10,000, but we still counted as success. Um, you know, five is a failure, clearly, among <laughs> anybody's standard. If you only had five people download it, you know, you need to like abandon ship and go do something a different. Job, um, but like it's it's fair to say, you know, no, five thousand wouldn't be a failure. And so we know that inside a month we're going to do this, and then we're going to measure those results. And if we if we did those things and we got to five thousand downloads, then we're going to iterate. Yeah, we're going to okay. change course a bit. We're going to tweak some things. If we did those things and we hit our goal, okay, so that feels like success. So we probably are going to keep doing what we were doing and add some things yeah. to it. Probably not a ton of tweaking unless month two is go from 10000 to to 100000 That's a different prescription. Yeah, also, that's yeah. a different budget too. Absolutely. So, you know,
1: Absolutely. it just depends on what it is. And so, so I'm trying to even relate this to um, to more of a grassroots efforts because I mean we work with a lot of uh, you know new locations opening or you know more of a brick and mortar type stuff, and a lot of this still applies to even that because there's a lot of times you have to build that hype around it. You have to have your grand. I mean, going real really basic, but you know your grand opening. But then after that fact, a lot of a lot of companies, restaurants, businesses, they just kind of drop off the map because they don't have a plan to then iterate and go back and forth and reevaluate. Okay. That worked, but now what's our next step. And so I think it's really valuable, especially if you've already built out that email list, if you've already segmented out that audience, you're already doing the work ahead of time. It definitely makes the back end work way easier um, on you. Yeah. So. Well,
0: and I think on brick and mortar locations, I think one, you need to always be building your email list. And so knowing, okay, we're going to increase our list by this many. Um, Also, I think a valuable KPI for brick and mortar, like if it's a a new boutique, say, I would have a counter and be counting bodies through the door. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the month, calculating your revenue. So that gives you a dollar per person. And then my goal would be to increase people through the door every month. And so what does that look like? That probably looks like an event every month. Um, Or in your local, your local influencers, micro influencers are more powerful than anybody. By the way, it doesn't have to be a celebrity. Um, You know, I have some friends that if they go to Vesta's, we are all going to Vesta's. (laughs) If they go to Glossy Nail Salon to have their nails done, we're all going to Glossy Nail Salon. You know, and that is more powerful than anything. So it's almost better to be a local business than to be a big like True Green or Sirius XM because you have a tighter pool yeah. and you know who your you know who your current ambassadors and champions are. You Absolutely. just keep involving them, keep well, activating
1: them. I would even say too, I mean, that's, that's you, the knowing where your audience is to begin with finding the influencers in that space too, because it may not always be an Instagram or, or, or Snapchat or something like that, but finding wherever those people are. And um, I'm trying to think, cause there, there are several local and just keeping it in that local business aspect, but getting, you know, a local somewhat celebrity to endorse you or be running their Insta story while they're in your business is huge. Mm-hmm. Tagging your local, location. Um, that's, that's huge. Yeah. So that's
0: one thing that I encourage all local businesses to do is to make the ask mm-hmm. in person, not just on a little printed thing at your register, but to train your staff to ask every person to take pictures. If they love what uh, yeah. they purchase, take yeah. a picture of it, tag you, take a selfie in the store, um, create those moments give people the opportunity and then out loud with your mouth and your voice, ask people to do something. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, that, and that can be real awkward for people, but once it's part of your dialogue, it, it becomes more, uh, it becomes less scary and intimidating. And oh, if you yeah. train your sales staff from the beginning, from day one, when they come work for you and you have to ask, you know, them or tell them what our hat, our, username is on Instagram at the end of every purchase, then your people will just do it without thinking because they were trained to do that. Yeah.
1: Well, and even speaking of the influencer marketing, especially with Instagram, one thing of just taking pictures with your with your clients or customers or whatever, say, hey, I'd love to follow you. Not asking for them to follow you, but hey, we love to keep engaged with our clients. Most of the time, they're going to follow you back. Most of the time, that starts the conversation, which is huge. That's so huge. Yeah. So.
2: You know, as we've been talking, it made me think of a local business that I think has done a really phenomenal job with this, which is actually um, Hertz Donuts, which I know they're actually a chain, but I actually...
1: Oh, yeah. uh, they feel very local, though. They yeah. make a really good campaign for local. Crazy.
2: Yeah. I actually did. I used to be a broadcasting teacher. My first story was actually with the owner in Springdale. Nice. <laughs> or not Springdale, Springfield. What a great so, story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but... Um, I remember when they came here, it was about two months out and they started hitting all their social media platforms before they opened. So flipping hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had so many giveaways almost every day and t-shirts for making sure that you had, you were ready to come to uh, the grand opening. Um, And I mean, they had such a following before their doors even opened. I mean, it was, I mean, you thought like, it was like the president was coming.
0: And guaranteed (laughs) they had a. I guarantee you they had a set budget. Like we're going to spend $10,000 on launch knowing that they're not going to make that back. Well, maybe they did make it back in the first weekend for local businesses who are opening their first store. That's a much harder thing for them to talk themselves into. And sometimes they don't have the $10,000 to do launch events. But I would say that, um, you know, people get a little conservative with their marketing budgets and on launch, you are going to have to spend some money. And if you Mm -hmm. set a, specific budget then it's not as scary every time you spend a dollar you know if you spend five hundred dollars on t-shirts that's totally okay because it's within your ten thousand dollar budget if you spend a thousand dollars on ten gift cards to give away that's okay because it's within your ten thousand dollar budget it's already been if you don't set yeah yeah, if you don't set a budget then that that feels like a lot and it feels very scary
1: absolutely so absolutely um yeah so and I, i think. Honestly, just kind of kind of wrap up too. I, I want to kind of go through what it looks like. Um, maybe even just advice uh, from you guys on what it would look like for uh, a customer or somebody who who has, like I said, kind of launched or going into this or wanting to maybe specifically get into the influencer marketing space. Um, You talked about the ask of that. Like, how would people find that? So if you are a local business, you are somebody who's launching a new product, um, maybe you are launching, you know, a digital service out there, right? Um, How would they find those people in that space? What do you you think, Stephanie?
0: So there's this term in... um, in investing that your first round of investing comes from friends family and fools and i think it's the same <laughs> with your influencers and your ambassadors right like yeah. you go and you beg your friends and your families and anyone around you you to please share as much as you can your first influencers
1: yeah
0: if you're kind of popular already like you know, um, Kirsten Blowers at Riff Rap and Fable, kind of a big deal when she yeah. began and, you know, so lovable. Um, so she's able to create these ambassadors and um, has been able to consistently do it, by the way, over time, yeah. which is really a testament to her as a person. Um, but you will start to identify repeat if you're a store for example, you'll start to identify repeat customers, and you just start creating that VIP list. And you make sure that when you have events, you are personally inviting them to everything. And and then if you want to engage them to do some kind of endorsement, you know it's got to be mutually beneficial. That's the thing that people um, don't influencers sometimes don't understand if they're not working with an agency, and businesses don't understand. This has to be mutually beneficial. So if you keep asking people to do stuff for you for free, you're going to get a real bad reputation. Like they'll do it for you once. But if you keep going back back to them and and then you get irritated, like, well, you know, why won't she do that? Well, because you're asking her to do your job for free. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have events and you want them to endorse you, you need to decide what you're willing to compensate. Are you willing to give them $50 in-store credit? Are you willing to give them swag? Are you what are you willing to do in exchange for that effort? And then also don't be offended if they say, no, you just say, thank you next. And you move on to the next one, but you'll know who your advocates are. And then you can use your advocates and your champions to help you identify other people. So you can have like these ambassadors or these VIPs that you have, like, you know, you can have private meetings with them and be like, who else should we be talking to? And they will give you people. I mean, you know, that's how we built my company. Was we just asked people who we should be working with, and they sent us sent them to us in droves. <laughs> and we're like, hey, thank you.
1: And those, those, if you t- those, you know, those quick interactions too, or those uh, those easy handoffs. That a lot of times, I mean. It's it's nice to get that warm introduction. We talked about that like even the sales lead. It's like it's it's so nice to have that warm handoff of like, hey, by the way, you should you should be working with this person because they're awesome, and that's just an easy way in mm-hmm. rather than just a cold email. So um, I think that's great. And I, I think some of the things I've seen, especially in the influencer space, is offering things to their followers. So people who already so if it, because it makes them look like a hero too. If they say, "Hey, I'm working with Hertz Donuts, and I'm giving away you know 50 free donuts to all of my followers," yeah. you're not necessarily paying them, but you're then creating all of these other um, you know because you things.
0: are you are compensate it is compensation mm-hmm. for them because you're helping them grow their following, which then leads to more opportunities for yeah. them. Absolutely. I mean, I have a million examples of that, where, Like, especially at Country Outfitter, when we worked with the Pioneer Woman, and she did 12 days of boot giveaways. She gave away a different pair of boots every day. Wow. Going up to Christmas it was like my old dream. Market. <laughs> um, and she paid for the boots. Oh, she wouldn't wow. let us give her the boots.
1: That's, uh,
0: but she was happy to do it because it... I mean, her audience was huge to begin with, but the buzz around that was so giant oh, that it... Yeah brought tons of people to her. And then the entry was an email address, which she then gave to us. So we built our email marketing list among the exact people who wanted our boot. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, a thing that's
1: of amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. so Lauren, awesome. Lauren, do you have any uh, final thoughts on that around the, even the influencer marketing space or even some things that you've done with you, some of your clients too?
2: I mean, I feel like Stephanie's knocked this out of the park. <laughs> I feel like the thing that I like, here's what I've got. that. um, uh, I, I, can't, I can't speak high enough of, um, really, um, giving, um, to making at least your, um, clients, uh, feel like they're, they're getting something in return. I mean, I yeah, think they're going to yeah. be, I mean, word of mouth is always going to be the best. I mean, um, people really endorsing your product, your company and everything. Um, um, when they feel like they get to be a part of what you're doing and get to be a be part of the excitement. So when you can generate a campaign around that, um, to release a product or release your business, I mean. You, it's kind of a win for the most part um i mean obviously there's people who do that but yeah <laughs> um i think that's i think that's a huge one uh, at least that i see um done successfully around northwest arkansas um is a lot of giveaways and a lot of generating excitement um around their product
1: yeah and i, I think you hit on something too of making people feel like they're included in that space mm-hmm. so as weird as it is like I, of course, anybody who knows me, I sing Onyx's praises mm-hmm. everywhere I go. I take my Onyx gear everywhere I go because I know John. I met him randomly, but I, he just he, he's just such a guy that just includes you in everything he's doing. And so he still see see me in a coffee shop and he's like, oh, hey, what'd you think of that new, you know, whatever roast that we just did? And the fact that he's like including me and I'm not, I have no influence whatsoever. <laughs> but the fact that that kind of shows, but hey, man, I will blast his brand everywhere and tell everybody how awesome they are. And it's those little things that kind of help you. If you're launching a product, if you're launching a company, if you're launching something include those people who are already, you know, nurture your already current following because they will be the ones to, to broadcast your message. So,
2: and it's crazy because like Go ahead. also this
0: town is small. So, Don't be a jerk to anybody. Yes, yes. (laughs) That is, it's so easy to burn bridges in a small town. Absolutely. The other thing we did at um, my influencer marketing agency that I think was more powerful than people realized, and we did it from the very beginning, and we budgeted it into every deal, every proposal. It was not negotiable. We sent a thank you gift to everyone and something meaningful. Every influencer that participated in every campaign got a handwritten thank you note from their account manager and a gift, a yeah. meaningful gift. So, like, we did one for the egg brand, and we sent them these ceramic egg holders in our brand color from anthropology. Like, everybody got oh, wow. one. Yeah. And people talk about that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Like, if we had sent them a stress ball, though, with our <laughs> oh my logo on it, no, so, what yeah.
1: Or a that would have been hand. counterproductive.
0: They'd have been like, yeah. what is this crap? You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you can do something meaningful, like a handwritten, you would be better to just send a handwritten note and no gift than just yeah. send a handwritten note and stress stressful. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs>
1: But the fact that it's thought out, it's meaningful, it's very intentional. It shows that you do have some gratitude for what they're doing, for your company, for being part of your family, your team, whatever it is. Ah. So that's fantastic! So, well, hey, thank you guys so much, Stephanie. Where can people find more information about you if they're launching an app or just want to chat with you? What, uh, where can they they uh, get in contact with you?
0: Sure. So the, you can find Matova at matova dot com. Mm-hmm. I am um, Steph G Funk on Instagram, which. Is- G is my middle name. And <laughs> Funk is my last name. That's real. Or G is my middle initial. Yeah. So Steph G Funk. And then on um LinkedIn, um, if you want me to sit down with you and go through goals, that goals exercise, like I'm glad to do it. You can find me Stephanie Fung on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Like you can stalk me. I make it. I make it so easy. That's awesome. <laughs> you can find me everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Hey, thank you so much again. We do appreciate it. And uh, make sure you guys check out all the show notes. Um, any information that you would that we've talked about will always be on Go Rogue uh, X So make sure you guys check it out there. And then on Facebook as well. So thank you again, and have an amazing day. We'll see you.